Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 19, with Seth Brooks. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really excited to have Seth Brooks with me today. This has been a long-awaited interview because Seth and I started talking about this months ago. It's also a very special interview for me because Seth is sitting right in front of me in the studio. We're not connected over Skype. Over the past couple years, Seth has been on staff with Youth with a Mission in Perth, Australia. He's traveled to several countries and most recently led the first-ever Performing Arts Discipleship Training School. I'm hoping we'll have a little bit of time to talk about that. Okay, Seth, I've given just a little bit of an introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and the ministry. We want to get to know you personally. Yeah, of course. That's great. Uh, yeah, so like you said, I work with Youth with a Mission, uh, and it is an organization that really focuses on discipleship and training up those people who are interested in missions but may not exactly know where to start. And so we actually do this training program that actually helps people to learn how they can use their own gifts and talents to glorify God in His own kingdom, taking people out into the nations and really sharing with them what what it means to actually love God, what it means to actually pursue a relationship with Him, and then be able to then practically apply that into the nations by going out and doing basic skills like evangelism or mercy ministries or even other types of training themselves. Okay, and maybe a little bit about yourself personally? Uh, I was raised in a Christian home, um, and I've been going to church since I was a baby, basically. Um, But then when I was a teenager, I fell away from the Lord, as most people tend to do. And with that, I just lived life trying to find happiness and comfort and joy in the worldly type of things. Finally realizing, wow, that actually is not working for me. (laughs) And so I was able to then understand, like, I actually had a relationship with God and and to know that He actually wants the best for me. And so I actually recommitted my life to Christ when I was about 25, 26. And then from there, started to really build on my relationship with Him and discover that He had amazing plans for my life. Yeah. Now, Seth, um, our 
guess, range pretty widely in terms of some people who are missionaries and are planted someplace on foreign soil, so to speak, and some people who are homeland missionaries, maybe even missionaries in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit interesting in that being with Youth with a Mission, you've kind of got a home base, but you also get to travel a little bit. So can you share with us maybe just a little bit of what a day in the life is like for Seth? Yes. Wow. Uh, definitely. So when I when I go back to Perth, I live in Perth. I do life in Perth with about 250 to 300 other people on what we call a base uh, in Perth, Australia. So I, I end up doing a lot of um, work with these people on a daily basis where I do intercession. We have worship. Um, there are many different people involved with many different ministries. And I get to just walk alongside of them doing Doing things, and I have my own ministry that I'm a part of. It's called Island Breeze, uh, which I really, really love because it's a performing arts ministry that focuses on using Polynesian singing and dancing to share the gospel. So I've actually had the privilege of learning how to sing in six different languages, which is quite daunting if you think about it, but it's a lot of fun. And so through that, we're able to then share the gospel. And so I work with that ministry on a daily basis, doing evangelism in the city, going to old people's homes to share the gospel with them and just encourage them and love on them. And then we also actually just practically serve the base as much as we possibly can. And that's what I do in my downtime. And then otherwise, I'm focused on the school, the Performing Arts Discipleship Training School, where I am in charge of administration. So I work with trying to uh, get the students to get their applications filled in, to get their visa processes working, um, help to get their passports if they need them, but also try to work on the curriculum itself and try to provide them with um, a very challenging but very um, awesome experience abroad where they can actually learn about God and then learn to use their gifts and talents to share in the nations. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Now, now that we know you a little bit, can you share with us maybe one scripture or one motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Yes. Um, the scripture that really comes to mind, it's, it, I mean, it might be one that's widely well known, but it's Isaiah 61. And that is the scripture that really talks about, you know, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to go out and, you know, set the captives free and release uh, the prisoners from their chains and their bondages. And verses one through four, I think, are the ones that really hit me. And it's... It's just a scripture that really confirmed my call in missions because it's one that I feel really was God saying, Seth, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to go out into the nations and do for people is, is really show people freedom. Let them know that there is freedom for, their, for them because if they know me, they'll find freedom. And I just was like, this is my scripture. This is my word. So, yeah. That's great. Now, Seth, we know that our lives aren't always easy and happy. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to go through life and think that you know missionaries' lives are either super challenging and it's always horrible, or it's always rainbows and unicorns. But it's not. No. <laughs> that said, we we do have those challenges. So as we get started, we'd like to hear about a time in your journey when you were facing a significant challenge, or maybe even a failure. You know, something where maybe you were waiting on God for a breakthrough, or maybe where you were praying for something else. Share with us that story of what was going on. And then 
share with us also the story of God's faithfulness in that. Of course. Uh, actually, I think the thing that comes to mind right away is just this last six months uh, was the very first school that we ever led in terms of the Performing Arts Discipleship Training School. And the lecture phase, which is the first three months of the school, was fantastic. Like There were lots of uh, God moments in terms of him showing up and really showing himself faithful. But then the last three months was the outreach portion of the school where we take them out into the nations. And I've never been more challenged in my entire life than I was in this last three months. I mean, not only was I um, having communication issues with certain students, not me personally, but them communicating with each each other, but me having to kind of oversee that, but then my health failed miserably. Um, right. I've never been more sick in my entire life than I was in this last three months, because if it wasn't one thing, it was another, and they just kept coming up. The health issues kept coming up and kept coming up, and I realized that I'm not actually doing so well. And to lead a team on an outreach in a different nation, especially a third world country, while you're incredibly sick and possibly needing more than just rest um, can be very challenging. And so just understanding that I'm actually not a superhuman uh, was quite hard for me to take on because I tend to take things on and say, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this without actually saying, wow, I probably should pray about it first. And so I think it was the most challenging time for me because I literally had to stay home some days and I literally had to rest. And it's really hard to do that when you're go, go, go all the time. And especially when you're leading a team and leading by example. So it was really hard for me to do that. But the truth is, is the thing I learned about it is that I need to be fully dependent on God. Like yeah. it's not just in church. It's not just in the big things, but my health as well. And fully understanding that God actually has everything under control and knowing that he is taking care of all things to me shows his true faithfulness in my life. Because he says, Seth, you know, even though your health is failing, I'm still going to take you out of this place and bring you to a place of success. And, and just knowing that, that I am taking care of you. And that was a big deal for me. So I'd have to say that was probably the biggest moment. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting that you should share that. It reminds me a lot of a conversation I had with Paul Yoder, who wrote some software called Donor Elf that's mm. specific for missionaries. And he said that there was a time when he was working full-time and developing the software where he basically came to a point where he had to take a month of Sabbath to take that rest. And the, the learning that he had out of that was not only that God is in control, but you know, the flip side of that, if you think about leadership and leading by example, is that other people see you as a leader doing yes. that. That's really important. Mm. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum, because just like we have these challenges, we also have those moments of revelation when God just imparts something to us. He shows something to us, maybe the answer to a question that we've been seeking him for, or maybe something we didn't know we were looking for. Can you share a story of the time in your journey when that happened? Yes. Uh, I think, again, the, the part that comes to my mind is probably taking us back a little bit to where I first got the call to come do mission work. Um, I was working a dead-end job, and I was living at home with my parents at the age of 26. And it's not really common to be doing that unless you're either in university or whatever. So I was just not really feeling that good about myself. And I just remember that was when it, that was also a time though, where I was really focusing on my relationship with God and just really wanting to know, God, what do you want from my life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I spent a long time praying about it, a really long time. And I remember driving to a guy's Bible study one night 
and I had the radio off. And when I say I was praying about this, it wasn't just simple prayers. It was like tears down my face, not out of my nose kind of prayers, because I was like desperate for God to speak to me. And I just remember having the radio off in my car, and I asked God, God, what do you want from my life? What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? And I heard his audible voice. Like I heard the audible voice of God and it was next to my right ear and it just, he just said, missions, you need to go into missions. And I think that I freaked out just a little bit <laughs> because I was so, I was like, I'm alone in my car, but there's someone else here. And I, and part of me was nervous, but part of me was like, I think that was God, you know? And so I remember just asking for confirmation in the first, I, I t- remember turning on the radio and the first thing that came on the radio were these words to a song that said, your faith is all it takes to walk on the water. And to me, that was just a full-on confirmation, like, God, that is you, and this is what you want me to do. And so the revelation of actually hearing God's voice, of actually knowing, wow, he actually speaks to me because I've asked him, you know, a question. Like, he talks to me, and he wants to talk to me. That was a huge revelation for me, and I think something that's changed my entire life, because now I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God speaks, and he speaks to me directly. So, Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to affirm that standing, you know, sitting on this side of the microphone and having seen you a couple years ago, it's very clear that God's call on your life was very directional. And yeah. it's also apparent the, uh, the new depth behind your words, you mm-hmm. know, that you've seen what God does. And that's really cool. Yeah. Now, we're going to go ahead and move to the present day. We've heard about a challenge. We've heard about that moment of revelation. Now, just share a little bit about what's going on in your current ministry. Maybe something that's exciting you about right now, maybe something you see coming in the future. Yes, I'm very, very excited because the Performing Arts DTS Discipleship Training School actually was quite a huge success this last year. Um, started in January, finished in June, and it was a huge success for the very first school. We had a good amount of students and they were very talented. Because of the success of the school, the um, Discipleship Training School leader, in terms of the one who oversees all the DTSs, uh, is incredibly excited and wants to do a whole lot more with the school. And that's made me very excited because he wants to take the school on a international tour. And the international tour would be in Southeast Asia. So basically, they're going to be doing a production that is um, kind of partnering with this mobilization missions conference that's going to be taking place on the eastern side of Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, the Philippines, Indonesia, and then back in Perth. And I'm really extremely excited about it because it's just the second school we've ever run, but we're getting this amazing opportunity to be able to tour with a show and take that and really use it to encourage people to get mobilized into doing mission work um, or even just getting them aware of the fact that they can do missions even at home. So that's really, really exciting. And I'm, I'm actually over the moon about it. <laughs> that's great. And you know what? You're leading right into the next piece. You shared yeah. about people being able to do missions at home. Now, we know that not everybody's called to vocational ministry. Mm. You know, Our audience is actually primarily made up of people in the U.S. who are operating in the marketplace. That's their calling. They care about missions, but they don't feel called to missions. What would you say to somebody who's called to the marketplace and is wondering if what they're doing in business really matters in the kingdom? I think the thing that I would say is to really just seek God on that. Um, Because the truth is, is a lot of times you don't feel like what you do matters. But to me, it's about looking at the bigger picture. Uh, If you, like, say you are a school bus driver, you know, or someone working in a bank as a teller, you might think, wow, I'm not really 
doing much for the kingdom, for the nations. But the truth is, is that it starts at home and it starts with your heart attitude. And if you're serving God, if you're, if you're living your life for God, if you are, if you're driving that bus for, you know, full of kids for Jesus, if you're giving people money and you're doing it with a heart for Jesus, then you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know? And it's not to say that that is the calling of your life. Like maybe you aren't meant to be a bank teller for the rest of your life or a school bus driver for the rest of your life. But the truth is, is do everything as though you're doing it for the Lord. And that's just the biggest advice I think I could give, you know, is this whole thing of understanding we have an opportunity to, to witness to people, whether they're students, children, or people that come through just to cash in their paycheck. You can witness to them by your attitude, by your smile, by your, your joy, you know, the inner joy. People are going to say, why is that person so happy? Why is that person such a nice person to be around? And then from there is where you can start, you know, ministering to them in more direct ways. Yeah. So, yeah. So when, when you were sharing that, I was reminded of something I've been meditating on recently. Um, our culture honors success and sacrifice. But what I see in scripture is that God honors obedience and faithfulness. Mm. Yeah. And it's so hard to make that transition and to go, you know, whether or not it looks like I have success doesn't matter. You mm. know, if we think about the cross, it didn't look like Christ had success, right. but he did. Mm. That was that obedience, that faithfulness. Definitely. Now, I'm sure that also there are some people listening who are already supporting a missionary, either in prayer, financially, maybe some other way, but maybe they want to do more. If somebody really wants to level up their game in terms of supporting and encouraging missionaries, what's one thing they could do? I was really thinking about this question when uh, I saw it. I thought that was a, it was a great question because it really got me thinking about it. Um, and I really think the one thing people could do if they are already supporting a missionary is possibly communicate with them more. Like missionaries communicate all the time and we're always talking to people and we don't always get response back. And it's not a bad thing, but I think the one thing that would step up supporters' levels is if they actually communicate back with the missionary themselves and say, hey, I just want to tell you that I am praying for you. I am loving your newsletters. I am, I'm reading what you're getting. I'm understanding what you're doing. I love it. I'm encouraged by it. And I really just want to let you know that we are praying for you. Because it's one thing to pray for somebody, but it's another thing to tell them that you're praying for them, especially if that's what they're asking for. So yeah. I really think communication back to the missionary, whether it be a handwritten letter or an email or I don't know, uh, even a phone call if you can, tell them how much you are praying for them, encouraging them, loving on them from afar, because it actually makes a world of difference. Okay. Now, we're going to go ahead and kick it up a notch right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've gotten a little bit deep, and now we're going to transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you give us your amazing answers. Okay, great. <laughs> so, what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? Uh, one thing I wish I would have known before I started out, um, probably how challenging it was going to be to be a missionary. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> and what's the best advice you've ever received? Don't judge people. I know that sounds weird, but especially as a missionary, um, being away from home and then coming back from home, I think it's the best advice I've been given is, hey, don't judge, but serve. Wow. Yeah. Can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believe attributes to your success? I, um, wow, I, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> 
I, I have a really hard time resting. And so I think that, that that is attributed to my drive, like the passion and the drive that I have to do what I do. And so I continuously push myself to challenge myself to be better, not in a sense of perfectionism, but a sense of excellence. And so I really feel like God calls me to a level of excellence. And so I actually use that to push myself and to push others. Okay. Do you have an internet resource that you use and can share with our listeners? Um, well, to do my newsletters, I love using this um, site called MailChimp. Uh, I really love it. It's a really easy way to get a newsletter out. And it's probably, it, I mean, it literally knocked down my time from doing newsletters from an hour to 45 minutes, which it might be for only 15 minutes, but it's a big deal to me, especially yeah. when I'm so busy. So I really love MailChimp.com. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I like MailChimp. It's what yeah. I use as well. <laughs> and I also wanted to mention that I think that you've been, done an excellent job of using YouTube. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Great. Yes. Now, what's one book that you'd recommend for our listeners? I believe one book that I really, truly love is a book by Lauren Cunningham. He's the founder of Youth with a Mission, and it is called Is That Really You, God? Now, it's actually the story of how Youth with a Mission came to be like how it came to be this giant organization missions organization but more importantly it just talks about how we actually can hear from god we actually have the ability to hear god's voice and to know that when we ask a question he actually can answer it for us because he he really does have the best answers the best uh, results the best guidance for our lives if we just ask him the questions he will actually speak to us and so it actually really talks about um you know, really hard times in Lauren's life where he was struggling to make this organization come to pass, all because it was a word of the Lord to begin with. But it really gave him um, just a clear definition of what it means to actually follow God through obedience by hearing his voice. Okay. And for those listening, we will have all of these resources along with all the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Seth Brooks. Now, Seth, we're going to go ahead and go a little bit deeper again. We've lightened it up, but now we want to focus on your perspective and some ministry advice. This is our chance to learn from your experiences. So what would you tell someone who's living in the U.S. and whose neighbors and coworkers are from a country that used to be considered missionary territory? Mm. I would say get to know them. Like, I know it sounds really simple, but the truth is, is get to know them. Ask questions about their culture. Ask questions about uh, things that they would consider traditions or uh, things that they would, you know, normally, they might not think are that big of a deal, but to you, because you don't know them, you need to ask them. Ignorance is probably one of the biggest problems that people face nowadays in terms of understanding one another. And I think if there was a way to just communicate and get that information out there, then people would have a lot more fun getting to know one another. Okay. Now, what's one thing that someone could do to get started discipling and ministering the love of Christ to one of those neighbors or coworkers whose heritage is from another culture? Um, again, if you find out about the, the person and their culture, then you'll find out what kind of religious background they might have. In, the, in that case, then you can then use that to then minister to them, evangelize to them, whatever it is. But it always starts with a nice invitation over to your house. And then just letting them see the way that you live is the best way to actually evangelize to somebody from a different culture. And obviously, you could always invite them to church. Yeah. Now, this last one's a bit tricky. But 
Um, if you need to, you can take a minute and okay. think about it. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll just go with your answer. So imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. It's your first day of ministry in a brand new country, and you don't know anybody. You still have all your experience and knowledge. Your food and shelter are covered, so you're not worried about money. But all you have as far as resources are a laptop and $500. Wow. What do you do for the next seven days? I okay. Um, this is where my youth with a mission training comes into play. Uh, I believe the first thing I would do is uh, start by doing what we call prayer walking. And honestly, I would just go around the area, getting to know the area, um, and ask God, what's happening here? What's going on in this area? What can I pray into? And he will start speaking to me and telling me things. And so then I'll actually just start praying into those things. And what I'll do is I'll start making notes of those things so that I could then create some sort of a spiritual map. Because if you're spiritually mapping the area, then you know what areas you need to work into, whether it be brothels or slum areas or, you know, business areas or law enforcement areas, things like that. Like any of those areas are places you could be doing prayer in or any area that you could actually be doing ministry in. So I'd start with praying and then do spiritual mapping and then Bible reading. I think that reading the word out loud is probably one of the most powerful things you can do in a brand new area when you've never been there before. Okay. Now, we're almost done, Seth. Will you share with us one last piece of advice and the best way for us to get connected with you, and then we'll say goodbye? One last piece of advice. Goodness. Um, I would probably say that, uh, again, missions is not something that means that you have to leave the country and go to a place where you live in a mud hut and then go and share the gospel with people that don't speak your language. It actually starts right here at home, you know, in your backyard or in your, you know, neighborhood or at the workplace. And it simply just means that you share the love of Christ with people. And if you can, if you can live your life by example, the way that Jesus told us to live our lives, then you're doing just that. And it doesn't mean that you have to go into an extreme to actually go and do that, but you can do it right here, right now. So that would be the piece of advice. Yeah. And the best way to connect with Seth? The best way to connect with me would be through Facebook, actually, or email. Uh, If you want to contact me on Facebook, you can go to www.facebook.com forward slash seth.h.brooks or by my email, which is sethhardenbrooks at gmail.com. Okay. And again, for those listening, we'll have all of this linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Seth Brooks. Now, Seth, so mu- thank you so much for being with us today. This My has been pleasure. a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being here. You're welcome. That's the end of our time with Seth Brooks. I'm really thankful he was able to join us today. It was great for me to catch up with him, and I really enjoyed hearing the stories of what God has been doing in and through his life. As I mentioned a couple of times, the show notes and all of the resources are available at engagingmissions.com slash sethbrooks or slash 19. If you've never dropped me a line before, I'd love to hear from you. In fact, if you've dropped me one before, I'd still love to hear from you. You can do that by sending a note to feedback at engagingmissions.com. For the last couple of episodes, I've also been mentioning the great work that Mike and Nacelle Preby have been doing at MemoryPeel.com. They've created a really cool product that will help you memorize scripture. You can check that out at MemoryPeel, and if you order from them and use the promo code ENGAGE, you'll get a special discount off your first order. 
If this is your first time here, or if you've been with us ever since the beginning, I'm really thankful that you're here. If you've never subscribed to the show, I'd really appreciate it. And also, if you could leave a rating and review, that would mean a lot. Both of those really help us get additional visibility on iTunes. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.